You just start talking normally. I am talking normally. Good. All right. Let's All right. do it. All right. So. Show notes. <laughs> All right. Let's try again. All right. Fuck. It's too loud. All right. Take here we go. 27. It's good. It's good. This is good. This is the Ward Podcast. Are you happy with that name? Yeah. You're happy with the Ward Podcast? Ward. 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 The Ward or Ward? Ward. Um, for a podcast, I think it should be the Ward Podcast. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. All right. It's the Ward Podcast. My name's Mason Brown. This is Dylan Ovento. Hi. We are aspiring game developers of a variety. Aspiring human beings. Aspiring human beings. Aspiring adults. Aspiring adults. We are attempting to make a podcast to chronicle the development of making games as a uh, way to sustain our well-being. Yep. And pay our rent. Um, the hopes of kind of making some things that, that we would want to play. And... Uh, Mainly not have normal jobs. Because that's boring. Well, I can go to college and have a normal job. <laughs> Didn't really think this plan through. Well, not necessarily the normal job thing, but definitely to, to work on something that we can be passionate about as opposed to uh, the industries that we may or may not already work in. Mm-hmm. Um, so... And I think it's also important, like, the fact that we we think bigger than just games simply because there's there's more to life i feel like a lot of maybe it's just because we we pay pay attention to games a lot but it seems very insular the community of games yeah but maybe that's because we think about the community like when i look at you know when we look at film or some other medium we Mm -hmm. look you know film can capture all parts of the experience but like it looks games sometimes Maybe it's because there's that interactive element. Sometimes it feels like it only looks at a few things, but maybe that's partially because of mainstream. It also it's part of the fact that we're so engrossed in it, right? That we only see these few things. But it, well, I think anything that you watch over and over, you see patterns that people wouldn't normally pick up on. Right. I mean, you, even in, in in narrative and film, you, you pick up on beats, which is why you can guess the ending right over and over. But um. We can, I think the bigger thing is that we want to make games that feel really natural to play and are are enjoyable experiences, but that are also um, satisfying on a level that the experience is worthwhile. Right. You know, not that there's not a place for, like, we're not, I don't think that we're coming out there saying that, like, you know, Code Duty sucks. It's more like, I want to make something, or, or when we make something that you walk away feeling satisfied. And you can walk away feeling satisfied from a popcorn action movie. There's no right. doubt about it. Guardians of the Galaxy, I think, is a fantastic execution of that. Right. Right? I mean, you like Guardians of the Galaxy. No, I do. But it was really interesting, um... I'm going to try to tie all the things that you just said together. So one of the things, um, so going back to like the Call of Duty example, like the reason you come to Call of Duty is more for the multiplayer action. It's basically like a sports game, like not a sports video game, but like going and playing sports outside. 
it's oh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a rule set and there's an interaction and there's right. a compa- competition, yeah. which I think is a satisfying. Right. I think if we made something like that, that's still we could make something within the realm of what we want to make that could do that. Mm-hmm. I think where people criticize Call of Duty where it falls short is when it attracts the misogyny or the the, the rapid la- rapid iteration. Right, and the lack of thought, and then like the chase for you know something vain and short-sighted and focused towards money, which is not, you know, Call of Duty pulls both of those things together. But, but I think people also lose sight that, like, when Call of Duty 4 came out, it was a really cool thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it was fundamentally... Like, I mean, what culture... I mean, pop culture ruins everything. I ruin everything by liking things. You know, like, everything is gonna... Everything that was cool is gonna suck eventually. I mean, is that... Is that like a too broad a statement? What that pop culture ruins everything. That when when it becomes instrumental in the pop culture and it becomes mainstream, isn't ruin? That's like a very like nihil like it's a. Well, it goes back to what you were saying. The the other thing I was going to talk about is that so the reason I like something like Guardians of the Galaxy is because it surprises you. Exactly. At, at points. That's all I'm saying. Right. And I think that like of all the things that I've done. In my short life so far, uh-huh. the most enjoyable things are the things that I didn't see coming, that I wouldn't have done on my normal routine, mm-hmm. right? And I think there's a place for stuff like that, too. Like, there's a place, like, I love Spelunky for so long because it was like eating a bag of Doritos. Mm-hmm. It, I knew what I was going to get in for. I knew that I was going to get frustrated by the end of it. <laughs> and I'm calories. always unsatisfied. <laughs> no, and it's like watching rea- reality TV. We were talking about the other day. Um... That satisfies a, 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 a need that I think people have that they might engage too much in. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a place for it. But I also think that the, the stuff that like I want to put my name on, you know, and, and walk away saying that we made it is something like even if nine out of ten people didn't like it, if one person was like that was a new take on that. Mm-hmm. Which is why you go into storytelling because you want to give people or, you know. Right, because nothing new is... The, everything has been said. It's just the way you kind of rewrap it. And surprising people is just it's just exciting. Right. You know, Which is why, like, because we've seen so many movies recently together that I feel like you've really liked that kind of... But I enjoyed, like, I was like, oh, that was a shitty movie, but, like, wasn't didn't hit me as hard. But, like, the movies that I liked the most in, like, the past year and a half, two years have been... Lego movie have been Gone Girl and have been Interstellar. And I think, so the reason, so I'm going to kind of iterate, I'm going to try to instantiate why I like each one of those. So like Interstellar is, we don't want to talk about rewrapping presentations. It's in a lot of ways, 2001 presented in a more realistic, grittier fashion. It's a big love letter to 2001. Yeah. But it, it uses a lot of the stuff that we've learned since 1969 about space and astronomy and things like that and tries to represent all that stuff in the package where Matt Damon in that movie is basically Hal um yep and then Gone Girl is just a movie about spoilers messing up expectations and just surprising I I mean I'm not saying you have to like it Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I'm saying for me personally like having not knowing anything about that movie just hearing just saying, oh, that's interesting. It's like a murder mystery. And then, like, having kind of... Well, that's why that book was so big, too. Right. But I think that you like... 
You like Interstellar. I think you like these movies. I like all three movies. Gone Girl the least, probably. Um, but I like Ben Affleck and Gone Girl. Ben Affleck and Gone Girl made me way more excited for Batman. Just because he's so ripped? Yeah. I'm like, why is that man bursting out of his shirt? Where's his neck? Um, the But the... the in the Lego movie, I think, surprised you because they took a franchise that you, you held near and dear... You know, and, and right. It it took everything that I couldn't possibly explain about nostalgia in my childhood and just creativity and enjoyment, and present it to my adult self. And like, this is what you were thinking. Innately. Oh, it captured that. It just the sheer amount of um, not just your imagination as a kid, and because it, it probably but also your humor. Like the whole part with Benny flying through everything, and just freaking out about how he finally got to build a spaceship, like. That's a joke I would have made playing Legos at eight years old. Or that, you know, that you it also captured just your what you wanted it to look like. Like the Lego I always wanted a Lego city made entirely of Legos where I could have districts of other Legos. Like just uh-huh. this, this 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 world that from top to bottom Set its own rules and followed them. Everything's Lego. Right. Everything's Lego. And then... And, and then, then broke them in this spectacular way. And then it's ironic where, like, you know, you have that, but then you have it from, you know, the adult ideal where everything has to be perfect. Where, like, the kid's like, yeah, I want all this. Like, I want this huge playset where you have all these huge immaculate, everything's made out of Lego. And they just want to knock it all down. And then the adult's like, no, it took so much time. Well, even when you were a kid, though, you would build, you know, Legos. And, well, you didn't have Lego set. Well, you had Lego set, but you, like, my little brother would just trash my Legos. And really? it, was a, it was just a nightmare. My parents would be like, well, you can just rebuild it. That's half the fun. And you're like, no, fuck that. I built this. This is, yeah. this is it. All, half the pieces are missing. Right. I don't have the instruction manual anymore. It's in the car. You know, I don't have the instruction manual. The, um... But I think there's a lot you can apply in that you like in those movies where there's a... It surprised you because it's a new take on something that you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. And that's something that in games we can absolutely dig into. There's so many tropes. Same TV. Right. It's like everyone loves Breaking Bad so much. Breaking Bad with a TV trope of a guy trying to break out of his shitty situation. They just said, hey, let's make him a meth dealer. Right. You know, t- TV dramas have been done for years. That's why TV's in this crazy or true detective. The fucking buddy cop thing's been done so many times. Let's make two incredibly broken cops that are batshit insane by all, both of them. Not it's like Lethal Weapons on one end of the spectrum and then True Detective season one is just... I don't even think they fall on the same spectrum, though. I think that, like, why True Detective was so cool is because they took this established trope mm-hmm. and were like, we're going to set our own rules, which is another thing I want to talk about, and then we're going to work within them and work within this trope, but make it our own. Because I think that a lot of, at the end of the day, there's a few arcs. That, that people are told, especially with mainstream stuff, mm-hmm. you know? It's like the hero's journey. Romantic comedy, you know, love, drama, tragedy. Or like all the, the, the um, you get like comedy, comedies and tragedies. And histories. And histories. Right? And I mean, it's kind of, and in games we have dramas. Comedies. Comedies to a lesser. You don't really see many comedies. But you see them some, which I think is why people... Attack, latch on those even when they were when they're mechanically poor uh-huh. or they're you know they're and like jazz punk right they're they're well and I think jazz punk's fun I think jazz punk is a job it needs to do but they're their sum is better than the pieces 
you know, I'm not going to say that Jazz Punk is an absolute joy to play, but living and existing in that world, which you can only do in games, mm-hmm. the way that you can, and making a world around the fact that you exist in a world, is interesting. Well, Wendy did tell me she would rather play Jazz Punk than play Gone Home when I showed her both games. And I was kind of disappointed. I was like, what? That's a, that's, a, that's a personality thing. Oh, but, sure. You know, but, but Gone Home, and I think only Gone Home is some mechanical masterpiece. Right. But I think the world around it is interesting enough. Yeah. But I think there are games that do what I'm talking about where... Okay. Roll back. The, when I was saying the rules thing, um, I think especially why Interstellar is a movie about rules. Sets up a world mm-hmm. and it takes no time. There's not a lot of what I love about Interstellar is it's so fast, there's exposition, mm-hmm. it doesn't waste your time, it, 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 pre- it respects you as a viewer, right? Or it lets you figure stuff out. Earth is dying, Earth is dying, blah blah blah. They, they do it really quick, right? But they, they set these rules and they work within them, and it's them very early, which as a viewer allows you to accept the new world they provide, this new setting, and then engage in it. Mm-hmm. Games do that really well too, games that I love. Dishonored sets the rules for you. It very early on explains this is how people see you. This is when you're seen. This is how you can interact with the world. This is how you can move. Mm-hmm. These are the rules. We can add things within those rules, but these are the rules. And most games work within that because they have to. It's You can't not. You have to right. set a like, system. You have yeah. to make games. But the games that are the most enjoyable and I think that are the most interesting are the ones that give you rules and then let you do with them what you want. Be the most creative with them. Right. Or, you know, even like Batman, I think, does that. I think, you know, the... You know, Far Cry, Fallout. Far Cry. Fall is probably a better example of kind of where you have that, that narrative element in its actual character. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it, there's not a lot of games where they set these rules and then let you engage. Because Uncharted or Last of Us, Last of Us is the one I most recently would have played, sets the rules... In a very interesting way, and gives you this like this this play these playgrounds and these sandboxes to interact in, mm-hmm. but then forces you through an arc. Um, it takes you know takes your hand and says, "Let me guide you through the story." So, having not played Last of Us, is it does it? I mean, I've heard nothing but good things about it, but is it like action sequence where like you're you? Because I know they're they're like room puzzles, right? They're like area puzzles where you have to like get past the clickers or get past the. You can always be stealthy. But what I'm saying is it is it like one of those sections and a narrative section and another one of those. It's not sections. like as, as as strict as Gears of War was, where it's like fight hand on ear, fight right. hand on ear, fight. <laughs> Carmine's dead. <laughs> fight. Fuck yeah! But you know it's um, and I like the first Gears of War. So I thought it was cool. Yeah. The first Gears of War was the first time I ever played an Xbox 360. I, well, I think it was a lot of people. I was like, holy shit, this looks amazing. Well, Gears of War was like, it was crazy. And they and they designed it. What I think was so cool about the first Gears of War is they designed it with survival horror in mind. Because mm-hmm. they're coming off of like, you know, uh, Unreal. Okay. Unreal, the single, which isn't survival horror. But I think they were very inspired by like, because before Gears of War, the big character action game for shooters was Resident Evil 4. Oh, that's right. Um... And Resident Evil 4 is easily one of, like, what I think is, like, if I make, if I can make a game that feels as right as Resident Evil 4 felt to me mm-hmm. when I played it the first, because Resident Evil was like, I can do whatever I want. I can move here, I can go up, and it's just, but the rule set is that you can hit A when they tell you to, and they give you prompts, because they made the quick time action event pretty much, that in God of War. Uh-huh. You can shoot. 
and you can run. But they gave you these spaces they to can't move shoot in. and run. I didn't mind that. That made sense to me. You ever try to shoot a gun when you're moving? It's really, really hard. I've never shot a gun at all, so. You never shot a gun? I shot a BB gun. Well, it's, it's a gun. Shooting guns is fun. Oh, we don't have to go into that. Um, you know, it's fun you know, shooting people in the air. podcast, political opinions, day one, go. Um, but I think that there's, there is, and we talk about this sometimes before, that there is a, no one's made a game yet where you take those, that discovery that you have in Gone Home, or Jazz Punk, I think they both play on similar, a similar uh, mechanic of discovery. Mm-hmm. Gone Home is a much, I think, tighter wound, less, the arcs in Jazz Punk are very short. Yeah, it's, it's all jump, about the jump. next jump. It's the next right, yeah. which in in its it lives in its and it lives in the time frame that is appropriate. And some people might think it's a little too long, but I love it. I've never seen past like the second area, like where you're swatting the people. I love the it. I love flies. It. And gone home. How long do you be gone home? Like two hours, two right, right. hours. It's an appropriate amount of time because you're it's discovery, and then it's I've discovered. Like there's no other. There's nothing. Yeah, there's nothing left. There's nothing. And people are talking about that her story game, and there's that no sounds fascinating formal ending. I I mean it's, I don't think it's what I would want. I think I would want to hear. I want to, you tell me what you played. Is it? I've never seen. Um, I've never listened to Serial. Have you ever listened to that? Mm-hmm. I've never listened to Serial. It's it sounds similar to it's, that, kind but of. it does sound similar to her story. Kind of in terms of it's just, but it's a third party researching what happened. Right. Right. Um. By the way, there's a, that's a thing that I think game mechanics are moving towards to look at very closely. That that the player's discovery of information is something that film does all the time. Film, they, they or just will. narrative in general, right. like you have it's, dramatic exactly. irony. You exactly, and you and you have as the writer, you have the power to reveal because you know everything. Mm-hmm. You well, specifically know everything. It's what, well, and it's like, <laughs> well, thank you. Um, well, it's like speci- like the difference between like information. That is like attached to like a quest objective versus information the player just knows. So it's like you know, quest objective: go discover this thing. Like listen to this person's tale, and then like it's a check mark. Versus, no, you as the player now know this information, and you have to apply it. But we're not going to tell you specifically how to apply it. Like you see the difference? It's like the idea: like if you play a game and they walk away from it, and they come back a couple months later, it's like shit. I don't remember and I how think- to play this. I think that there's, but there's also a, a line of like, what do you do when they can't figure it out? Right. Like, what, how do you solve that? And a lot of times they just hit you over the head with it, mm-hmm. which I'm fine with. And I think that if you want the experience, I think if you're going to design an experience or inference of what's going on around you, it's super important. You have to give tools to either your art direction and your design has to be so spectacular that, and I think Valve. I think very streamlined, you know, yeah. where they, they do lighting and stuff to guide the player and level design. And I think it it, it works. I mean, I got lost a lot of times in Half Life Two, but I still I loved it, you know, and I love playing through it. But I remember there's a part where like you're in some, you know, stop. If you've heard this, you're in like some ruined like city. It was after Ravenholm because I remember Ravenholm was no, like you're right. a big I break. I was like, fuck. Yes. Um, is that the part where the, where the guy gives you the shotgun? Yeah, okay. it was like the priest. Oh my god, it's so hard. But there's that physics puzzle with the goddamn seesaw, and I'm like, I'm standing on one end, and I'm like, I know I have to get up there. You How always, do I get up there? I always picture, like, what if, like, some guy was sitting in the corner, like, a homeless guy that, like, survived, and he's just watching this guy. 
Go from one end of the other. Just the picking shit up with his gravity gun and trying to throw it so to see what happens. Well, like so, so you're interested in that part, and in I'm interested in like Half Life Two is a really good example. Like all the examples that we're bringing up, there's a part, there's a sense of wonder. Oh, it just fascinates me. Like that's the stuff I want to capture. Like, like I want like. Like, not wonders, like, oh, this plays well or something, but you, like, step into a vista or something. Like, there's the part, like, I didn't realize it till much later that, like, Half-Life 2 takes place in, like, Eastern Europe or something. And there's the part where you have, like, the fucking, the dune buggy. And I love just driving up the coast. I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. Well, it's the first level of Halo. Or the second level. When you, when you go into the, the first time you walk out and you see the massive thing. Oh, when you land on the Halo? Right. And you, you just see how big... It's just a big space. Right. And at the time, and now it's not as big of a deal, but when when I played Halo the first time, and I'm not saying Halo is like some tour de force and nerd or anything, you know, mm-hmm. but when you step out there, that sensation and that one film can't do that as well. Right. Because you, you're just shown one viewpoint, like, but you are the viewpoint in a game, so you can pick where you want. And I think that that, that sense of wonder is a, is a, a pairing of, fan, you know, good art, um, a world that is is developed and seems interesting, mm-hmm. and then giving the player the tools to a they need to feel constrained, right? In order to have that sense of wonder, you yeah, can't that, give that, that you can't have no superheroes, right? Well, well, I meant constraint is in like also level design because there's that famous um, Tolkien quote where someone asked him like, "Well, why do you describe like you know like the scenery and stuff and all the background things seeing distance we never take us there?" And he's like. Well, if I took you there, then I'd have to describe more <laughs> mountains in the distance and et cetera, and then I people would want to go there. So there's a stopping point. You gotta be like, you have to build a wall and say like, no, this is this is ever going to be as much of the world as you will ever know, to a certain extent. Oh, but it also, and, it, and it, I think it's interesting. I, I love that. Like, I mean, like it's what happened to Batman though. Um, Arkham Asylum. Oh, it got too big. It felt huge. Uh-huh. Arkham Asylum felt huge when you played because right. you're moving and it's this building and you have this sense of space. And then you go to Arkham City, and, and it wasn't the it wasn't the Gotham that you expected it to be. And I feel like to a certain extent, Night's also like, like but Night is like that. Uh, Night kind of I think treads a little better in both. I think I, I think it, it, they definitely bring you to more enclosed spaces and give you space between them. But the all of a sudden, what was so cool about Arkham Asylum is that I'm in this building, and it's fucked. Everything's right. fucked. Yeah. I have to get from point A to point B. And I love the whole trope in all the Batman games where it's like, we have one night. This is just one night in Batman's life. Right. Look at his cape. It's getting so tattered. This is how he's going to be so tired tomorrow. He's, he's not, he's not going to make the meeting or whatever. Bruce <laughs> but what's cool... Alfred, cancel my meetings. <laughs> Alfred. Um, the point that I'm getting is that like, what's so cool about that wonder is that I think it's something that, that you and I are drawn to because the games that you and I agree on, which is like Fallout... Um, World of Warcraft. Yeah. I think... Oh, uh, World of Warcraft, right. like, it does that so well. And World of Warcraft, and they, they even moved away from a, from a design perspective, where when the flying mounts came, and I never got a flying mount. Really? Never. Wait, when did you stop playing? Well, because, see, I, I, I even played through Wrath of King. I just never bought one. I don't know. I was, Jesus, dude. Yeah. So, but flying mounts, I think, commoditized the world. It made it... Yeah. It, well, they took it out the last expansion. And I think it's because... I think WoW has, I think Blizzard has fantastic art direction. I think their worlds, it's like this big, it's like being at Busch Gardens. 
Yeah. Okay. You go from round to round. Nothing you do matters in Bush Gardens. Yeah. If you throw up on one ride and go to Ireland, no one in Ireland's going to be mad. I'm imagining like this this roller coaster tycoon, World of Warcraft like fusion where there's like the handyman and he just like comes out and just scoops up the the bodies with his big push broom. Fucking dray. Oh, there's the who's the big dragon? Nixia. Nixia. Farian. Someone's gonna go pick a Nixia and drag her. Someone. Someone else puts on the Nixia costume like the. It just starts walking down the street. There's just, just some dumbass just walking in a field. There's some like secret underground lair where like they have to like turn out another fucking Anixia for the next ray group to go in. But I think what is just big animatronic. So important is that you have to constrain the player in a manner that makes the worlds seem bigger than they are. Because mm-hmm. what's interesting about them um, is that. In a movie, the director and the, the DP and everyone else, they have a very limited view. They, like you said this earlier, they force you to see things. They, they can show you what they want to see and what they don't want to see. But in the games, they can't do that. Which is why, like, Grand Theft Auto 4, New York felt big. Mm-hmm. It felt really big. It felt big enough, right? Like, you never were like, it's too small. Because that would all get bummed when you get to the end and like, there's nothing new to find. Mm-hmm. Which I think is a good problem. Well, what, something that did bum me out about GTA... The GTA worlds, um, like four and five, because those are the only ones ever played. Um, was that because the city is for some reason an island? There's that sense of I'm disconnected from the rest of the world. Did GTA? Well, GTA five like didn't suffer that as much. Right, had the countryside. But it's still completely surrounded by an ocean. Well, I think it's an arbitrary mechanic because you can't make the world huge. Sure, but like you could put like wasn't in San Andreas they had like train tunnels or something you couldn't access like they had San Vegas like, was huge or there's mountains you could spend like an hour driving from like the Vegas replica to really it's huge so now GTA 5 I mean it's, it's, it feels huge maybe right. you could have an hour well no 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 so here's my comparison to that it's like in GTA that, 5 I think it's bigger in that like the world I'm good that compared to World of Warcraft like GTA 5 like, still feels great like I like that world but in World of Warcraft if I Walk. You can walk the world. But also, if I walk to the shore, I know it's on the other side. I know there's a continent. If I walk to the shore at any point in San Andreas or Liberty City, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck's out there. Well, it's like, there's just three islands, and the three islands are Vice City, Liberty City, and San Andreas. And that's all that's left of the world. But I think that's kind of the... I know it's an arbitrary thing, but it is something that's... No, I think it's a, it's a ground, it's a decision they made. Sure. It's like, what, what, what matters to you, the player, is not what's over there. It's fucking what's going on here. And I think it's a decision that someone right. made. So, like, when stuff is happening on the city or someone, or there's a cutscene where Whenever it's Whenever you're there's no... Everything that happens in Grand Theft Auto stories is always tied to that city. You never hear of, like, a terrorist attack in Chicago. Well, you do hear, like, about... You hear... They do, like, little... Like they do reference n- about, like, like Yeah. That. But I'm saying that, like... Well, I guess they do do some narrative stuff. Um, I'm just saying that everything that influences the world of those worlds happens there. But yeah, the World of Warcraft... Yeah. You, the whole world is set up around this Horde versus Alliance thing, which is very regional. Or, and you can also have, like, a quest that can send you across the map. It's like, we need you to go there. And they, they made a need for the auto-run button. And it's funny that they, you know, the sense the sense of scale and sense of time is so skewed in those two different games. Because if it's, like, in Grand Theft Auto, oh, I need you to go to, where's Trevor from? Um, Sandy Shores. Mm-hmm. Like, I need you to go out there. It's like, Fuck. 
Like, that's going to be a drive. Or I guess you could take a cab. But it's going to be a super think, expensive cab. I don't mind that. But I still think it's a cool... I think that the that's cool. No, it is cool. And then World of Warcraft, it's like, oh, I need you to go from Azeroth. This is the fucking biggest annoying thing because the, the planet's called Azeroth, but also there's a continent called Azeroth. Azeroth. So I need you to go from Kalimdor to Azeroth. And you go from like, Earth to Earth. And you just... Hop on a boat, loading screen, other side, done, flight path, okay there. Well, and I think that World of Warcraft was so cool about WoW is that it sucked because the flight paths take like four minutes and you're like, now I'm going to sit here and play Bejeweled. Right, but also, (laughs) did they build that in? Yeah, but it it was cool because it it gave... Time time is a resource in that game. Right, but it's also a resource because you're paying a monthly fee. Like now, that's the other thing is they're fucking you're paying to wait and it's this blizzard they made it hit at the right time. Um, but, but the the wonder though the constraint thing that I'm trying those I've been trying to do is that what is cool about constraint is that the games that do it right are the ones that have a very very strong sense and I can you can argue the Rockstar games sense of presence, mm-hmm. which is a very heavy narrative thing. It's a very Someone had to sit, or a group of people had to sit and think through. This is this is the world. Right. These are the people that inhibit it. They, even the fucking like not player characters, the NPCs that aren't narrative related, just non-existent AI that fill the world out. Yeah. Have to. They, they have, have to have enough personality. It's a fit, and I think that they do it so well because it's a satire mm-hmm. of um. G- or at least GTA is, and Red Dead less so, but Red Dead's a love letter to Western movies. Right. The guy walking down the street that yells at you is just like the guy in, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly that has an opinion on Clint Eastwood. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, it's it's evoking that sensation. Right. That that your avatar, whether it's, um, you know, Michael, Trevor, or Franklin, or um, who's the main character from Red Dead? John Marston. John Marston. Like, they are the center. Like, they're basically making... Like, Rockstar comes the closest, in a lot of ways, to, like, making the film version of a movie. I mean, film the film version of a game. Because, like, just because they take so many influences from films and... Well, and they, they are just such, you know, uh, not allegories of film, but they're just not... What am I trying to think of? Like, they're just... They they have references to film. But not just that. Like, they're, they're, they're emulating, you know, gangster film. movies. Right. You know, coming to America stories. Yeah. They're just... They're, they're, they know... They're, they're building what they know. Um, but anyways, the constraint. I think that that's the big thing where mechanics and narrative definitely come the closest of being so intrinsic to each other to have that sensation mm-hmm. that we want to make, and that it does take a lot of thought and a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of like it, you have to reach beyond just you and I because what you and I would think is interesting. Might also be because we're an inch from it at all times. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's... When they did that... When you open the vault and fall... Or the, the, the big one I always think of is when I left the jail in Oblivion. And, you know, before that, I mean, I, I played Morrowind. And Morrowind was big. And it felt big. Mm-hmm. But at no point... That I, I left the jail and I was like... Because there's like... Just, just, just go. Yeah. Fuck it. You're out of jail. Yeah. And I'm sure there was some fucking main quest. And there I, was. And there was big Oblivion gates and those sucked. But well, that's why I never got into Oblivion because I just mainlined the main quest, mm-hmm. and by you know within a couple hours I was through one of the Oblivion gates and getting murdered, and I was like, I, 
So where I does played, this game get good? I played Oblivion weird because my brother, me, my stepbrother, and my younger brother all played it different ways, and we all decided that because we were dumb that I got to play the Fighters Guild. <laughs> yes. Riley would you guys do the quests. Yeah, Riley would do the Thieves Guild because I, I had in my head I made this character. I wanted him to be an unarmed wood elf that would use bows. And then when he got close, he would just beat the shit out of you with his fist. Okay. Um, like, I had this whole this whole character in my head, and I, and I do that in Fallout, too, where I'm like, I'm the guy, I wear glasses, and I look like a teacher, but I also put mines in your pockets. Um, Still haven't done that. So, but, it, and then my brother, my stepbrother did the Dark Brotherhood, and then Riley at Thieves Guild, and eventually I went and did, I, like, fundamentally in a million, I was, like, not cool with Dark Brotherhood. I was like, no, I'm not murdering. I'm not an assassin. Mm-hmm. I'm a good guy. And then I, I grew older and played Skyrim and Dark Brotherhood, which sucks, by the way, because the Dark Brotherhood and Oblivion was apparently like one of the better quest lines. Yeah, that's why I keep hearing. Having never played that game, like, I hear about, oh, I can't believe, like, in Skyrim, like, the none of the quest lines are nearly as good as this one quest line in Oblivion. I'm like, all right, this thing better, if I ever go back to this, it's better, like, blow my socks off. I don't think... Bethesda Evers had like spectacular. Uh, I think it's good. Ah, no, I think they're bad. They had really good quest design. I think it's always very much go here. This is the scene. Mm-hmm. I'll set it up with some narrative. Yeah. Here's the options that you can take. I, I think that they have to do it that way, but I don't think that there's any point in Skyrim where I was like, man. It's heavy. That's heavier. That's suck. And Fallout more so. There are definitely things in Fallout where I feel... Yeah, Fallout, like, just the world is just so hostile. I think the Fallout world is just finally more interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I've never been a big fantasy person. Like, I don't like... I never, I hate... I actively don't enjoy Lord of the Rings. Really? But I, I mean, I love The Hobbit, but I just think that there's something about the self-seriousness of Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. that I'm just not on board for. I mean, well... The Hobbit started as a children's book. so That's why I think I like it. Yeah. I think that there is an air of... Uh, whimsy. Whimsy. And then, then that wonder. Like, I feel like in The Hobbit, it's like, this is nuts. And also, The Hobbit's a much easier read. Like, I never finished Return of the King. Right. And Two Towers. Like, I read Two Towers as a kid, and that was just like... I'm like, wait a minute. Where where are we now? Um. So, anyways. The... But I think wonder is a good word for like stuff we're trying to achieve. And when you look, I at, think that's probably the closest that we've come to like nailing where they intersect to. Right. And I think a good exercise would be pointing out not large scale games, but smaller games that do that really well. Like off the top of my head, Fez, Braid, um, um, was it Hyperlight Drifter? No, I played Hyperlight Drifter. No, it's not out yet. Oh. But like, if you just look at the trailers. Like, that sense of wonder is there. And a lot of that is, like you said, art design, music. I think Grow Home did that, because you're just, you're just going up. Mm-hmm. The whole game is just going up, and there's a sense of, like, well, what's next? Any, any collect-a-thon platformer? I mean, these aren't indie, but, like... No, I think that Banjo-Kazooie as a kid and Mario 64, and both, Kong 64. Kong 64 both had a sense of... Because the game is, it's, it's you and the place, and how you do it. Yeah. Which I think that there's, there's going to be a desire for... Platformers especially, obviously there's a little nostalgic one, but one that's like, when we go into like a VR space... Where's Lucky's Tale? But that's top-down, isn't it? No, it's third, just regular third-person camera. Like, but isn't it like a god view? What do you mean? Isn't it like a top-down, kind of looking down? No, it's not isometric. It's it's, oh. it's like Mario 64. In VR? Yeah. Oh, that's weird. I know that. 
But I'm saying more that in the first person, because if you could go into us, I think that VR brings you so much closer to the space mm-hmm. that being in a space is now as interesting as it was. And I think as I get older, I appreciate more just looking at shit in games in a way that I didn't use to before. I used to like main, you know, do the mm-hmm. main thing and do it around, but like. Sure, all the modelers and level designers and set designers appreciate that greatly for the amount of time. And that's true, but they they know what they're doing. Like architects, I think architects feel. It's true. You know, fucking. They make. I mean, there's cool new buildings built every day that are that look fantastic. Still, a fucking bank. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not your fault. Like, by making good looking shit, you are contributing to intangibles. But also, sometimes. But making something good means it's unnoticed. That's the best kind of thing, I think. I think as a designer, if you make a chair that is, like, cool to sit in and doesn't stick out to me and, like, I would put it in my house and it's not, like, look at my cool chair, but, like, it's, like, a good – if you make it out of wood and you make this good chair. Like, You're listening? Yeah. You're listening, chair designers? Um, and it works – or, okay, like a fucking spatula. Right, it's not a, this crazy design process. It's a spatula, but Important I think starboard attachments. I think <laughs> I think a really good spatula, which may have just had a lot of spatula problem for the past few years. Have <laughs> you melted a lot? This of might spatulas. be a personal problem. I'm just saying I have one spatula out of my three spatulas in my house that I know I prefer using that spatula, and I can't tell you why. Someone did a better job at it. I can I can think of a million reasons why. Why? Well, either it's like the handle or the materials made out it's, of. Yeah, or, I think it's, it's metal. It's or metal. It's the fact that the the wedge to get underneath stuff it's is flatter. Is You're right. Tapered enough. You're right. Well, it's not even tapered. It's just flat. It's just a, it's steel. Oh, it's a metal. You scratch up your shit with that, huh? You scratch up your pans if you have any. My pans, pans are such fucking shit that it couldn't matter. They're all scratched. I don't even clean some of them because I just want the flavors to Yum. sit to sit and come up. This is not bacon pan. Yeah, dude. Whatever. That's fucking. Whatever, man. Cowboys did it. They're cool. Um, anyways. But in terms of smaller, like, I think... Another thing is that what I like about... Um, I think a lot of the roguelike stuff that came out does have that same sense of wonder, but not because it's this constrained viewpoint or anything, but because you don't... You literally can't know what's next. Because of the challenge. But no, no. Because it's random. Because okay. it's random. Uh-huh. And I think that that's... I think fundamentally that's really interesting because, you know... Uh, not just for replayability, because it's exciting, because it's new, but you just, you you can recognize patterns, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think you, you technically, because every, there's not a randomly generated thing in real life, like, places, but, like, if I'm on the East Coast, you see patterns and trends that are, like, Richmond is similar to another city, or um, you go, or you go to Europe, and you see where inspiration's from Europe or in America, and you see these trends, and that's interesting, but it's new. Right. You know, I think that's something that you can do cool in random generation is that it's okay to have patterns. It's okay to have things that are similar. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it's a new thing, which is the one thing we're talking about and making a new thing, is interesting on its own. Right. Um, which is why FTL, which isn't a randomly generated world, but is always different, even though it's these, these little, tiny little stories and tiny little things, feels like a point A to point B story because they're throwing new things at you. But you recognize, you understand the world and the species that exist in it over time. And I think you learn um, in a way that's very human and interactive in a way that you don't do in film. Mm-hmm. You learn by doing and by failing. 
which is nothing the games can do that right. movies can't. You can't fail. You can watch someone fail, and you can know someone has to fail to make it interesting. And you can empathize. And you can empathize. But when you actively fail, especially in a way that, like, you, you ever you played Red Dead? No. I tell you how it ends? Uh, no, I've seen, like, the, like, the super, super end. Well, I've seen it. Are you, okay. Are you, well, I mean, it doesn't matter, because there's, there's, there's literally no listeners right now. We're going to spoil Red Dead. Um, but you're talking about from the part where he gets killed to the part where he plays his son. I just mean just the part where he gets killed. Okay. Yeah, that's fucked up because you because you have when you walk no out, control, but they don't do it in a cutscene. You feel like you have control, right? I think that's the coolest, and it's a pretty bold decision. Uh huh. But I think it's the only way you have to do it. It has to be something that you have no control over because anytime that you can make a choice, like in Fallout, I will always make the best choice. Oh yeah, I mean like. I mean, you see this to a, a little extent. Like, look at every Metroid Prime game when you start out with all the upgrades. Right. And it's like, oh, okay, I'm going to play with the upgrades. And then, I mean, and some people kind of bash this idea. I love that idea. mechanic. But, like, I think it'd be done better. I think it's just because the tropes have been done. And you see it a lot, like, in the um, in the Game Boy and DS games that are in the same universe as Phantom, as, uh, as Wind Phantom Waker. Long, okay, yeah. That, like, Link will... Wash the shore, and then all of his shit's gone. So, I think people have gotten sick of that specific instance, just because it's been done so many times. It's like, oh, how's Samus gonna lose her suit this time? Alright, can go get the ice beam, and then the missiles, and then... But I, I think what's cool about that mechanic is that, I mean, another thing that's fundamentally enjoyable in games is empowering yourself, right. getting better. But also but having someone that's always stronger than you. You, yes, there has against. to be, and there has to be a, a combatant or a, a world, which I think there's a ton. I think, no, this is why Minecraft is so interesting. Because Minecraft took the iterative approach, mm-hmm. right, of, of, of survival. Um, oh, like, first you have a hole in the ground. Right. And then you have a house. Made but of none, of it's, none of it's combative. It's right. just fucking, the world is out to kill you, uh-huh. which even in our world, it's out to kill you to a much less dramatic extent. But I mean, like, if I don't get a job and don't eat, I will eventually... <laughs> does, does does Minecraft just turn into Civ at the end, where you're just making laws and you're... But, like, you know, I I like Stalker a lot. I've never played. I love Stalker. Because the gravity of that, when it is, there is a combatant element. But you have to eat. Radiation's constantly trying to kill you. You have you can get poisoned. You can you know blah blah blah, blah. or like Daisy, you could break your legs. Mm-hmm. That's fun because it's a new it's a new force working against you, the player. Right. And what makes games fun is that when there's tension, just yeah. like narrative, just like fucking anything, just like creative work, just like fucking, just like fucking. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you want to stand by that one, dude. It's another but tension. <laughs> Just uh, roll release. That's not what I was... getting okay. so sad. No. And then no one's happy. As long as it's a, a mutual tension, it's <laughs> not something terrible. And um, then it drips. Oh, God. Dylan. The... Tension? The tension. But it's the same thing that, like, when two people disagree on something creatively, which is something that, that you and I do a lot, uh-huh. I think that that tension is what makes cooler, better stuff. Uh-huh. Um, and it's the same thing where you look at, like when we did the whole name thing, or what we would eventually do with the logo thing, you and I won't be satisfied either until we're both exhausted from talking about it, yeah. which I think is a fine place to be into, or 
we find something that is just so right that it makes sense. More often than not, the exhaustion one hits first. Because you rarely find the thing that just is like, oh, fucked up. But when you find the thing that you're like, shit, that's it, everything kind of trickles down from it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, I think we, we're, you know, as long as we're sent on war, I think that a lot can trickle off of war. Mm-hmm. You know? But I, I think that it is... What's so fun about nightlife is that nightlife is a stupid joke. Yeah. But a lot of came out of it and a lot of things that we can learn, but a lot of like what's interesting to everyone else about nightlife is that it's we're taking a trope, we're doing something new on it, mm-hmm. and it's just dumb enough. Well that's like that's the thing with with Peak, like the first game you made, that first Ludendari. Right, we just that, took uh, pla- uh, 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 Infinite Runner. Yeah, we just made an Infinite Runner, but instead of you controlling like the character jumping or anything, you just controlled the level. Um, and then, you know, I got 17th place in Innovation. That was our first go-around. I thought that was pretty... And I thought it was... Peaked in- early. And I thought it was interesting that we scored so high in Innovation as opposed to any other things. Like, I mean, obviously, like... It wasn't going to be hard. It was, um, but like that's like yeah, yeah. That's that should be our shtick. It should be. Well, I think there's a innovation. space. There's a space there. Um, but it also shouldn't be innovation for innovation's sake because you know. I think it has to be a natural sense. I think that you and I have a desire to this. The sense of wonder, I think, is a really cool thing we come upon. Uh-huh. That I'm excited about because I think that that's probably solidifying a lot of what we want to do, but we also want to be part of the people that A, defend this movement that's coming up mm-hmm. of like, we are supporters of like, the all the, the cool stuff going on in indie games, the just the spread of higher, not higher level, but just games being thought of in a different light. Mm-hmm. I think it's awesome. Yeah. And the games being brought up in conversations about you know, Exploring things about just people and how they interact with stuff. Human condition. The human condition. It just sucks to be a human being. You know, and let's explore that through gameplay in a way that it's a medium that hasn't been exploited yet. Uh-huh. And I think it's one that will be exploited in the best part about exploiting a medium is that I fucking love Interstellar. And it took us 100 years to get to Interstellar. Right. You know what I mean? There's no problem with exploiting a medium. You know, in, our gener- in our lifetime, we are going to see games do that. Mm-hmm. They're no longer new. They're old. They're twenty years old, but they're not the newest. And something new. Oh, they're older than that. Oh okay. shit, we're old. Um, oh shit, they're thirty years old. Oh, they're older than that. Space War 70s? is probably early seventies, late sixties, I think. Five. Okay, so they're they're they've. I think so, they're they're past their 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 teenage years. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Angst. I they're coming in. Well, I think the Nintendo sixty four is their angst. <laughs> Um, you know, that's the second time I've heard that, like, this week. Really? And I don't know what that means. Like, well, what maybe, is maybe, maybe a lot of people in our generation also... Like, I see the N64, like, paired with the Game Boy Color, like, as this bubbly, cutesy... Like, obviously, never I never really paid much attention to, like, video games. media was very just... Yeah, edgy, though. yeah, like, grunge, like, but I never saw that. But seeing the N64, just the design... Industrial design and then the games that I played. N64 is very functional though. Like it was just a big. It's just a toy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like I had a very toyish charm, so I don't know where this angst. Because you're playing. Slant comes from. You're listening to Slayer and hating the world. I don't know. Uh, 1080. 1080! 
Um, I thought you were talking about resolution at first. No, I was like, nope, pretty sure that's not what that was. One of the, one of the greatest games ever made. Um, but I think that it, 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 we want to be, I think, growing into, I feel like it's a really natural space to want to be in. I think it's exciting. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of what we want to bring to the table is just the, the idea that you can surprise people is really exciting. And I think that the most fun that we've had when we show stuff that people react to in a way that when they say, I, I wouldn't have thought of that, that's like my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, that means it didn't yeah, exist. Wouldn't have. I mean, that means it's new. I'm here. I exist. Which uh-huh. is like the fucking, you know, the fucking beat poets are up. Just being like, I exist. Is that what we are? We're beatniks? No, we're not beatniks. We're not that. I don't want to be that. I'm saying that. Go to the coffee. Coffee shop. That we can bring stuff that didn't exist. And we have a limited window before. And we might have already missed it. A lot of stuff is going to exist in this space. Uh, I don't think we... I mean, I don't know. Okay, maybe it's not a window, but I do think... You do it when you do it, and if, if like, you might have missed out on some opportunities, but opportunities always exist, and they always present themselves. Absolutely. And I I, I didn't mean to be as, like, nihilistic on it as a... Uh, what I'm saying more is that it is an exciting time to want to make games, mm-hmm. but it's also a scary time, because we're no longer... We missed we miss the initial burst. Right. You we're like, if you were one of the first indie companies, and it happens really fast. Because yeah. the guy that went to from Insomniac... Was Insomniac? Is that the Ratchet and Clank studio? Yes. yes. And then he went, and he was one of the first indie game, Microsoft indie games. Oh, really? He made that, uh, not everyday shooter. He made, um, it was a side-scrolling shooter. It looked great. And it had cool guns and everything else. But it was, a, it was part of the Microsoft indie game initiative, which by all intents and purposes, I don't think made a ton of money. Nothing on that thing made money. Right. And I think that was the first point when it was like, all of a sudden being indie wasn't a profitable venture. It was a risk. Right. Um, Because before that, every indie game that got on a big platform was fairly successful. Right. Well, that's because, well, indie games in the Xbox Live. Because it was like six, not 6,000. The market was small. Yeah, because it got like the Xbox Live indie games, like that specific like title got pushed and relegated into this. No, it's when it moved out of arcade into indie games. That's what I'm saying. That's when it like all of a sudden. Everyone can make games. Right. Okay. We can make games. I think now, you know, you see it's just, it's just a very crowded space. And the other thing is that everything I read, everything I read is like, you have to be marketing from day one. You have to develop. Which I think we have an advantage at, not that we've done, I mean, you've done marketing for your job. Right. Um, so you have that experience. But I think we have, you know, I talked about this kind of last time, but I feel like we have more business acumen than I've seen right. people show themselves like there's ever since I've wanted to be you know create stuff there's always that eternal struggle between being a creator of something and then also being you know the businessman of that well, thing. I don't think either of us like the idea of the starving artist right and it like but the fact that that stereotype exists is funny to me because like, look at, you know, when I took our history, they talked about, you know, during the Renaissance where Leonardo and Michelangelo and Raphael and all of them, all the Ninja Turtles, they had to, you know, 
they had to market themselves. They had to go find patrons that would bother paying them. Okay, for a second, I thought work. we were talking about Ninja Turtles. Because <laughs> um, you said Ninja Turtles, and I kind of was like, huh? No, I'm on board. Okay, yeah, I know, so, yeah, that was the patron system. They had to go and find... And you see that coming back with Patreon and stuff like that. But the fact is, like, there's always a small contingent. It's... I think it's a real disadvantage for people that want to do creative work or who want to be artists or writers or stuff and don't think about the business side of things. And I'm not saying like a lot of game creators do that, but like you do see like when they're Reddit AMAs and things like that, people are like, oh shit, I got to do marketing and stuff. And then they figure it out. Or they have some clout established before either from their previous jobs or they have people that they work with that do that. Right. You know what I mean? Um, like the, um, the heat signature guy did gunpoint. Oh, okay. He's a writer, you know, and he, and he's very out there mm-hmm. marketing. He's always doing his dev series. He's always showing the progress of the games. Like he's very on the Tom Francis's name. Maybe I, that sounds right. Either way, I think he's, I think his transparency is his biggest ally because he's just always coming up in conversation. Right. You know, I think he makes good games, which goes a long way too, but yeah. So, I mean, I think what was a big advantage for me is that when I started paying attention to, like, web cartoonists, and I started listening to podcasts by them, they were all talking about the business. They were all talking about, like... Well, and some uh, Extra Life guy, he's always talking about his adventure, you know? You know that, some that, Extra Life? Scott Johnson? Uh, the guy that did the Instant Podcast? I was not him growing up. That name sounds familiar, Scott he, Johnson. Yeah, he's been on it. Um, but... Yeah, so I just I just think that's I think we got a head start, and also I think actually going to business school from speaking for myself, going to business school as opposed to I'm going technically getting a business degree, going to art school, um, I think that's that helped me a lot to think in a adventure standpoint, yeah, in an entrepreneurial fashion and a business fashion, because people you know there's there's skill involved and there's like things. Because I knew when I was younger and I was like, oh, I want to do my own stuff. And then, like, the idea of having to figure out, you know, not knowing anything about accounting or economics. Well, I think you're always thinking of, like, well, what if we – what if it wasn't just you and I? Like, what's the next step? So I think we're setting – we're seeding ourselves. Yeah. Well, I'm – you know, I've been taught to do that. No, 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 no. I think it's good. I think it's, like, a really important thing that I think that we have to think about because – even what we say now, not that anyone's listening to it, but like if we were to say something now that we finally shift on later on, you know, it could come back. Not that we could, like if we just. Are you talking about like in a PR sense or like a. Yeah, if someone were to come back and like listen to this, if anyone ever cared. Right. You know, I don't think it's a problem. No, I, think I don't it, think, I think it's a problem. Understanding just... that people change yeah. throughout their fucking life is normal. Yeah. You, but, but, but you as a representative of a corporation, you cannot do that. Well, you would, but this is not what the, I don't. I think no, that's what I'm saying is I think that's a silly thing. To I think, think it is a thing, and I think that maybe it'll go away. But if not, like I would rather be outspoken. Have to apologize. Have to apologize. Yeah. Then. I mean, I didn't have to apologize and not. And I think that as long as you maintain, like, if you do right by your, if you do right by your your potential consumer, which I think you and I care most about because mm-hmm. they're playing our. Uh, creative our vision or whatever the fucking stupid thing we put out there uh-huh. that's more important to us than anything else right and if it sucks it should it just shouldn't suck mm-hmm. you know that's just, just, just shouldn't and, and sometimes it will 
And then they'll be back. I think that, you know, we, we've been really good at coming up with concepts, but not solidifying in any meaningful way. Mm-hmm. Um, and stuff does suck, but, like, you have to know what's going to look like a bad idea when it comes out of your mouth. And when you lose touch, you either have to get back in touch or get out of the game. And I think that's important. Also, from, like, just a, you know, being personable or being kind. Like... Or just being just a human. Yeah. But also, like... What was what was that guy that worked at Microsoft that said something on Twitter that he should have oh, like, got fired? Shit. I don't even um, remember what it was about. But he said you should move or whatever. Speaking of whom? What do you mean you should move? That's what he said. If you live in a place with no internet, you should move. Okay. Get over it. So it was just like being insensitive. Being insensitive. Yeah. So that stuff. And I think that's why like you see me CEOs of giant corporations like, you know, be so reserved because like yeah. they don't want their thoughts broadcast out there because that's going to affect I mean look at look at Tim Cook and I think Tim Cook is probably a great human being seems really friendly mm-hmm. um, probably not so friendly to his subordinates when <laughs> comes down to crunch time well, when shit gets bad it gets bad but you know you can't have every you know facet of your personality out there if you don't it's just a hard balancing act for some people well and it's 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 such a far away concept, you know what I mean? Sure, but so right. something. Oh, that's the picture of him. <laughs> I don't know what his name is. Um, Microsoft guy. It's funny. It's a, he's a creative Sam. director or something there. Oh my god! Now nah, it's gonna drive me crazy. Yeah, but that was just probably something he should read a couple times before he sent it. But also, like, you have to think about like what. Well, it's a new fucking media. It's, just, it's the world's different now. People grew up in a world where you could say shit like that, and it would go this far, like okay. an inch. Yeah. Now it goes Adam Worth. What's his name? Um, and they fired him, and he was an exec. So you know that sucks. Um, but you know I'm sure he's making, he's doing just fine. Yeah, like I don't think that tanks your career. I think that just I think it forces you to rethink. Yeah, the other is that like no one's gonna no one's gonna listen. Like our clients all the time. We wanna be a presence on social media. And like who the fuck wants to follow I mean I, I know Oreo does a really good job and brands do a really good job, but no Like by doing a good job though, it just means you're funny. Like that's It means it. you're funny and you have some social cachet. Like it's yeah. not but like I try to explain all the time to me, I'm like, guys, no one's gonna wanna follow a razor. A shake razor. Like, yeah. not the... Nothing. Those are great razors. Fucking whatever. But, like, the concept... What are you going to gain from that? It's just, like, in, the, in marketing, like, it's just that there's a successful thing. We have to use it because there's there's cachet there. But the yeah. thing is, is that you can still have genuine marketing from a company standpoint, but it has to be interesting and relevant in a way, like, people mm-hmm. are. Or, like, if you have an organization with a really intelligent person, prop that person up. Make them your presence. Or make an imaginary person like Ford Parker for <laughs> developer well, and, and I will tell you, Microsoft's gains presence when they prop Phil Spencer up. And I promise you this is an orchestrated th- – I'm sure Phil Spencer is a, a fantastic leader, a fantastic – Human being. Saint. He's a fucking so saint. So sexy. And he's, his hair looks great. No, the big thing is that I think he, he's made really good decisions. But I think there are people around him that recognize – that this guy is a—he's probably the real deal. I think you have to be at right. least 
the real deal. And a lot of people like saw him before he was even right. the head. Right. And I, I'm, I'm not saying what I'm saying. Their marketing when he took over was let's put Phil Spencer on yeah. a fucking let's put him on a pedestal. But they made the right. It's the right thing. No, no, no. Well, it, what I was gonna say was it worked. Yeah. And I'm thinking how like. Why did it take so long to realize Yeah, that? what was Phil Spencer thinking for the year that Mark <laughs> Witten was head, that Don Matrick was head? Because he, he was probably sitting there. God, we are so dumb. We're just going to talk about what he was doing. <laughs> I like Phil Spencer. Fuck it. I don't care. No, I, I think that you and I, I respect the shit out of what they're doing now. And I respect the shit out of someone like Phil Spencer who, like, climbs that ladder. For years. Just, He's a company man. Just bides his time. Well, but I think he's learning. And I think that a lot of what he's done, I think even when he responded on the, the Giant Bomb E3 thing mm-hmm. to when the hell are broken and it's not being released, that response it probably threw him off that they got asked that because right. it sucks. And then everyone makes that, points to that gif. But I think what he said after that gif ended. Is I thought he part. responded in the most, for a Microsoft executive in an incredibly, either he was media trained to change uh-huh. the way, but I, I walked away from that, and I was like, well, shit sucks. Mm-hmm. But broken shit gets launched all the time. It's not just, you know. Right, software, just the state of software. software breaks right all the time. Just, you know, the, 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 the software that my company uses for our fucking booking, you know. It, it like works kind of 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they talk about, like, horse races or <laughs> travel. We're a booking company. Um, but, you know, I think that there is, when you think about, What's interesting in marketing now, for us, has to be us putting stuff out there that's bigger than us. Mm-hmm. I think I think I'm more interested in what Phil Spencer thinks about like what his and that's something the other day. I'd be interested to see Phil Spencer's take on other companies, uh-huh. or on or on tropes and games, right? Because I think that the second one you're probably gonna. Be more inclined to hear because the first one he's not going to like. No execs ever going to tell you. No, he's he's never going to say that someone's doing something better than us. Uh-huh. No, wait, he did that though. I know. He that's did. what I'm trying to think of. I was like, I'm pretty sure he did do he that. He did that for uh, Shoe. Uh, who's the Sony guy? Well, they they had to come hat Shuhei Yoshida. Shuhei yeah. Yoshida. They had to. I don't even know if they're right. They had to come hat in hand of that because they did. They fucked up in a way that the fucking internet bandwagon that ruins everything ruin you know I think they fucked up but I don't think it was as bad as everyone thought it was speaking about what speaking about the start of the, the whole Xbox, Xbox One it was, it was a bad push I don't know who thought TV was like the big idea that was a poor Patrick probably and, um, uh, well I shouldn't lay everything at his feet but and they probably had a lot of market research that was like this is it you know, because, you know, in, in marketing, you lean a ton on market research. Yeah, and you're, they were probably looking at... Because you have nothing else to lean on. They're probably looking at Apple TV. They're probably looking at the Roku. Roku. They're probably looking at, you know, like these boxes, smart TVs. Or that people are using PS4s and Xboxes more for Netflix. Yeah. And they're like, this is this is big. And you leverage that. Let's get live involved, because live TV is the, the last bastion of television. All right. And it's just, it's a shame that, like... All that stuff didn't come. It could have been really cool. It could have been like the Kinect could have been really cool. The Kinect should have been really cool. And the I think kin- the, the, I was more about the voice commands. Was Kinect. Yeah. Well, so the Kinect. I really want an Amazon Echo. Needs. A, sh- I almost bought it the other day. It's on sale. It's one hundred. I thought you were saving up for school. Still a little fun. Get out of here. Um. But uh, yeah, I think 
I don't think they just. Le- I think the way they're leveraging Hololens is much smarter. Like, because Hololens isn't just trying to be for games, and Connect wasn't just trying to be for games. Like, there there were other applications for it, but when Hololens is very much learning from the mistakes that the Connect made. Right. Because the Connect also made big. I, mean, I think the Connect was quantified. I don't know. I can't say that's all here. I think the Connect actually did pretty well for them within like developer networks. Or yeah. like within fields that weren't just gaming. Right, like medical. And, and I think like it, 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 it probably didn't blow anyone's doors away. Like it's not this new standard in like medical health. Mm-hmm. But I think it did a lot for fostering development of new stuff using right. spatial technology. What they should have done, they should have treated the Connect like Google Glass. It should have been. I don't think it, treat anything like Google Glass. It Google Glass was a fucking nightmare. No, but like Google Glass was never a consumer full, thing. It was, yeah, it was never a consumer product. It was always a development product. Like, same thing with... I think the, Oculus did it way better, though. Sure. Do it like Oculus, then. But, like, Oculus always... Oculus started as a Kickstarter. Oculus always had the intention of going mainstream. Well, I think that Connect... I think that if Connect had... They shouldn't have start, stopped at Project Natal. But they should have released the original Project Natal that was way not consumer price. That, that... But uh, it would have been, like, a $500 thing that requires a beast of a computer. Peter Molyneux wouldn't shut right. the fuck up about. right. Because imagine if developers had that, yeah. and all of a sudden, and then they get the they were going on fucking YouTube and showing their Star Trek house, right? Because they could just swipe shit and they could say stuff and it worked. You know what? We should have done the connect one. <laughs> Microsoft uh, R and D hire us. But anyways, point of all is that like when it comes to marketing, it has to be something that we're constantly asking ourselves: what can we be getting out there, and who can we be getting it in front of? Right. Because at the end of the day, like. We have to have as soon as as soon as my life is done, or even now, we should be putting stuff up with it and showing, <laughs> you know, all your YouTube videos like of just stuff, stuff breaking, just breaking, and like I think getting it out there and, and getting a thing into the world, and even more so than La Bardage was, mm-hmm. I think is our first initial goal, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, hopefully getting someone to play it and respond and tell if they didn't like about it. You know, and then just going from there. But I yeah. think that's the first step. I agree. And we'll report back when we do another podcast. In a week! Breaking! Do you want to talk about any of the new stuff? or? Um, you have anything you want to talk about? I had an hour. That, that, that was an hour? It's an hour and five. I felt more than that. Jesus, Dylan! Sorry. Shut the fuck up. No. No, I mean, personally, I hate when podcasts are just an hour. Just arbitrarily? No, like, I hate... Well, yeah, let's talk about what makes a good podcast. We didn't even do that. We'll do that, then. Let's do that. Um, so what are bad podcasts that you've ever listened to? Have you ever... Or just... I'll tell you something. I don't like NPR. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Let's reel it back. No, like, not as a company, not like... I enjoy the topics and stuff, but I I really don't like that style of information hosting where the the host comes on as like a narrator and starts narrating the story. Oh, I like that. And then and then one of the people come in that he's interviewing and then sh- they talk and then they fade away and there's all this interlude music yeah, and all I mean, that stuff. It's more like long. It's like a it's 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 that's more of like a journalistic approach, like a radio story. Sure, like you know, knowing nothing about broadcast journalism, like I respect that stuff. It's not a podcast, though. You, I think you're they more... put it on podcasts. Well, it's a feed, but I think it's more... 
the podcast that I must, I'm going to tell you what you like. Tell me what I like. I think something you like more is the, you like hearing people that you either are interested in or find interesting mm-hmm. discuss stuff. Yeah. Anything. 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 Because it's interesting. Because I'm a lonely person and all no many interactions. So I mean, I need you are living by yourself right now, so you know. I need to the, listen uh, to other people talk. Any, but I think it's more that you just you identify with some of them, and you, you like to see your things that you identify with talked about. But I also think it helps you. It helps me shape my perspective on stuff because I like to know yeah. if I'm just batshit crazy, mm-hmm. if I'm genuinely. Uh, off base, or if I'm like, or or if I'm much on the fucking bandwagon, I'm like, yeah, you know what, Crackdown's awesome. It's the shit. Fuck okay, everyone else. Everyone loves Crackdown. The Transformer card for the best part. Everyone knows that. If you hold me down, you can stick to buildings. I've never played. Well, if crackdown. you had, if you upgrade your truck all the way, because when you have five stars, tell me, tell me about agility orbs. No, it's driving orbs. And when it gets to the fight, when you're maxed out, your truck upgrades. When you get in the car, it just transforms, not upgrades. And when you hold B, you can stick the buildings. It evolves. I mean, shoot. it was like a glitch because you could hold B to jump, and the shocks would decompress. Uh huh. But when it decompressed for whatever reason, it pulled the car down and like it gave it like all the ground. I don't know what it did. I don't know why it stuck. Like wait, you were in the air, and so, like if you hit that. It would so normally that. there was physics in the car. So if you hit a bump and whatever, but when you hold B, it's decompressing the shocks. So it like it's like a it, crouch. It lowers down to a crouch, but you're holding it down because like the it's like the shocks are engaging, uh-huh. so that you can jump. Okay. You but the cars do this? No, only when you're on a high level drive. I told you, crap downs and shit. But when they fully compress, the car no longer has physics on it anymore. It just sticks to the surface, or it has physics, but it's not. It can't bounce up. Okay. So if you play your cards right. You can drive up and wheel your, your front wheels up and then get your back wheels against a building, hold B, <laughs> and then drive up buildings. And if you time it out right, you can just come off enough and then aim your car because you have aerial control back into the building so you can just drive up buildings. Isn't this basically what that new Crackdown trailer was? That they Not this E3, but last E3 when they announced it? That was the, that was, that was the trailer. Did you see that trailer? Uh-uh. There was a CG trailer of them like blowing up a building so it like collapsed laterally and then the guy just like driving this big tanker truck up the side of it and then like using it as a ramp like into another building. Is that is that accurate from your experiences? That sounds about right. <laughs> I have like my mouth. Alright, more. What else do you not like about podcasts? Um, I don't like podcasts that uh don't know anything about a topic that should be not, you know, super, ing- that's like parallel to what they're talking about. So like, I hate going on, listening to tech podcasts that know nothing about gaming. I hate going on gaming podcasts that know nothing about tech. I don't like when, I mean, I think that everyone's entitled to a opinion on like politics or a political situation, uh-huh. but I really don't like when people like weave it in. And I understand that like it's important to them, but I think that I hate it when I'm in class and people spiel opinions they don't no one researches anything anymore no one knows the full story mm-hmm. um, I don't like political discussion though no 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 I'm not opposed to political discussion it just has to be on top like if you and I are talking about net neutrality mm-hmm. I have a vested interest I'm a fucking web developer it makes sense I need the internet to exist and it needs to exist in a way it does that I can make money doing it uh huh right that's an angle but like uh, it's Iran deal well, it's important. It's really important. And I'm, I feel like I'm very invested in politics from a, I don't know why, 
but I am, mm-hmm. um, something that's not ubiquitous in our generation, especially, at least in school and stuff, you know, right? Just people, even in colleges, I don't think people care, which is usually... Which is interesting, because, like, the college... Used to be a yeah. huge liberal bastion, and now it's kind of a... And maybe, maybe, maybe I went to, maybe, maybe the school that, maybe VCU is just not that, you know? And that's very, very possible. You know, maybe, I bet you William Mary is very different. Think so? Yeah. I think it's an education thing? Well, I mean, you know, you go to, yeah, I think it is. I think that, you know, you, the more you, you think about the world beyond your whole, the more you, you care about what people do. William Mary is nothing but a whole, so they, it's where they fun got, goes to die. They got no time but thinking. Um, since it makes sense but I think that the thing that I like about podcast, the good podcasts are a a regular production schedule mm-hmm. you gotta hold it um got no one to hold it a sense of humor not just we don't have that no we're fine we're fucked and a a, a, a candid discussion and just it's it's not this canned I ask you something, we talk about it, but it's it's very open, mm-hmm. and it, it, it ideas just come out, and you you you, you see things through. Because the last thing I hate is when they're like, "All right, you have to go." And I'm like, "No, I want to hear him talk about." Right, which I think is, which I think, it's like some of these podcasts have like these big, you know, great recording studios with all this equipment, and it's like, okay, we have this reserved for the next hour. Right, we gotta we gotta make well, this out. Well, and you know, at a certain point, also like. A three-hour podcast is like a long podcast. Now I listen to it at work. I have the luxury of being able to like, but I can't listen to podcasts anymore at work. I can't focus, which sucks. Welcome to my life. Oh, whatever. I was doing like design stuff, but now I have to like. Yeah, they got think. People come in and talk to me all the time. Use logic. And they gotta be like, "This is broken," and I'm like, "Ah, it's not broken." This is a podcast. Don't make make everything better. Well, I, I hate having to pause the podcast because I'm like, I don't want to miss anything. Do you ever do a thing where, like, you pause, and then you forget to come back to it, and then it just downloads the next episode? Yeah. yeah. I used to stress me out, but now I don't. It doesn't matter. Yeah. All media is disposable, unfortunately. It's the nature of the beast. Um, I think we have differing opinions, which is really important, because if you and I disagreed on everything, it wouldn't work. Yep. Um, you and I are very good at disagreeing with each other. I think we excel at it. In a way that is also semi-productive, unless it's, you know, about a Mega Man cover band. But, you know, maybe I might have had just too listen, much. No, just listen to this one song. I it's might have had a little to drink that night. one song. I'm just saying. Change your life. I mean, it's better than Emerson's song, but. Not according to your girlfriend. What'd she say? She loved it. That big band thing? Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. She likes big band music. Um... And then, I don't know. I think you need an intro song. Okay. So, I'm trying to make one. Briefly. I'm not, I don't know. I'll just take the nightlife music. <laughs> Might be easier. Maybe. Or the part, La Partage music. Or the Peak music. Peak music is cool. Take I like that. Settling. There's a goat in it. Yeah. The goat. The music plays just as my audio production skills are really good. Just this nice melodious, and then and it's on a loop. It's every like fifteen seconds. So it's, it's a reliable goat. Um, what else? You been playing any games lately? You want to talk about? Um, I am on an amazing 
Hearthstone streak that ended this morning because I played against a fucking hunter. On the arena? No, just um, just play, just mm-hmm. regular rank play. Um, how how many times a week do you play Hearthstone every day? Really? I haven't played it for like a month or two. Oh, really? I haven't played it since I got back into it when it came on Android. Well, it's like so when I had free time, you know, when I was in high school or whatever, and I could spend hours playing video games. A game like this would probably take up a lot of my time because it has, because, and no, it's built to come back to. And I'm not, I'm not much into traditional trading card games. Like I like playing them. I love Magic the Gathering. But I'm not going to spend all this money on booster packs or whatever. I think it's just dumb. Why would I spend five bucks a pop on a pack of Pokemon cards? Because you're a winner. No. Yes. Alright, fine. Um, so, so I like this because, like you said, all media is consumable Total. and mm-hmm. replaceable. Mm-hmm. So I can just play it, and then I have this deck, and then I can just, you know, ignore the app for however long, and then come back to it, and then, hey, if I get... Well, and Boston's a really good balance of you don't have to invest in it at all if you don't want to. Right. Which I don't. Like, you know, like, Emerson is ranked 3. I don't know what Doug is. Ranked 3 in what? In, in ranked... Like in the world? No, like, like, so there are different ranks. Like, so every time you win a match, you get a star. And the stars... I've never done rank play. It's right. basically experience. So, but you can go up and down the ladder. So... Uh, so I mean, I, I get the kind of ranking. Yeah. So okay. he's not ranked three in the world. He's just, he's at rank three. Okay, I'm on board. Um, I'm at rank 23. <laughs> get it together, Dylan. But, so every time you lose... You lose a star unless you only have one star left in your on your rank. Then you can't lose any more stars. So you can't go down a rank until you pass rank twenty. So what rank is Emerson? He's rank three. So what? He's only won three times. No, it means he. No, you start at twenty five. You go up to one. Oh wow! Yeah. What? An... And then past that, there's legendary or legend, what whatever. Emerson do? He... I don't know. This is not very interesting. Let's talk about our friend. <laughs> Alright, so that's okay, but back to the Hearthstone. So, like, so I was losing a lot, and I was really, like good. losing a lot in this game, mm-hmm. or in games in general. Like, I don't know, because, like, back in the day, I liked, pl- I played Halo 3 a lot. I played Call of Duty 4 a lot. Um, and I liked it because you know, even if you lost, you still learned something. And it's the same thing for Hearthstone, but in Hearthstone's case, because it's not, it's not action-oriented, it's strategical, Mm -hmm. you're still limited by the cards that you have. Well, and you can build these crazy combos. I I love deck building. Right. And I've never really gotten into it. So So you have to, or Hearthstone's never going to be... Right. So I'm fine middling around, like, get to rank 20 every month, get Mm -hmm. my new card back. Really? Yeah, and then whatever, and then just do that. Like, that's fine. But it's more committed than I am. I buy an arena ticket every once in a while, and I do that, and I just lose uh-huh. disastrously. Yeah. So that's why I've been playing. Um, I haven't gone back to Shadow Mordor since I moved. How far did you get in that? I am on the second uh, map, world, region. Mm-hmm. Um, that's cool. The green area? Yeah. yeah it's pretty cool. That's the second half, yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually like it a lot more than the first area, too. Yeah, I do, too. And I like... The, it's a nice contrast, too, because you're, like, you get so used to this, like, brown. Yeah. And I like the verticality. Mm-hmm. 
And I... I love the movement. Like, I think it's just cool that you can be like, I want to go there, I'm there. Fuck it. You're teleport. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no... Like, you... Can, can, there is no... You can are, you fast travel in the middle of combat? I haven't really tested it. But, like, no. I've been in a stronghold and just fast traveled, and it's been fine. Because the, the game is just, like... It, it lets you do what you want to do in it. And the game, I think, at some point in that development cycle, they're like... We can either. What if you could just jump from the top of this building and land? No, and be fine? I think they're like, all right, you're what literally. If the world was you, your haystack. You're a fucking yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> it's like, all right, what's this shit that people don't like about Assassin's Creed? Blah 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 blah. All right, all right fuck get rid that. of that. Oh, it still sucks. All right, get rid of that. No, uh, make know. good stuff. And they, they, they did. I think what they did was really cool. Is that they made my favorite part of Assassin's Creed 2 important, which is where you're, like, following this one character mm-hmm. and following them and tracking them. That's the that's all Shadow Mortar is. Oh, like when you're following orcs and stuff? Yeah, like when you're, you have these commanders, you know, and everyone else is just fodder to get into them. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think it's a fantastic idea. Yeah. I would play a game that was all the Far Cry 3 base camps. I would do that forever. I love yeah. those. Like, it's just fun. Now, if you wrap that in something that's interesting and, like there's a reason for it uh-huh. or a purpose or like I wasn't uh, in a base camp killing people but I am I have to navigate uh-huh. these scenarios for whatever reason and whatever force is pushing against me uh-huh. in order to figure something out right. that's bigger than me mm-hmm. you know that would be awesome or like you know I played a little bit of Ground Zeroes I bought that really um, and I love that has the concept that. of Ground Zeroes but you don't you don't like playing it no I just haven't I, I Put ten minutes in. Yeah, that's about as much I found. I just like the idea of an open army camp. Yeah, it makes sense. It's a good scenario for if you're going to have shooting and stuff. It makes perfect sense why people would be on routines. Yeah, because I never understood that. Like in Dishonored, like is does this guard actually patrol the same exact steps at the same time? But like in a military camp, you have to go at this point and walk over here. Yeah, you have, you have to, to stand there. Your, like yeah. it makes sense. You know, and they do shift changes, which I like too. <laughs> I um. Oh, yeah, they do do that. Mm-hmm. So there's a reason for a day-night cycle. You know, the fact that it looks cool. And his, the controller's unique. I'm not going to say it's bad. I like I'm not going to say it's great. But, like, I remember hitting it once and he just, like, hit the deck. I was like, wait, what, what did I just There's do? a lot of, like, obscure things that, like, like, roll over and stuff, you know? That, like. But I always like that. Always, like, when you build in being prone into your game, I like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I like that in Call of Duty. I like the idea that it, it there is a, a sense of... Head to toe verticality, like yeah. it is, it's actually, yeah. and it is very important. Yeah, and you have complete control over the over the character, right. and that's why Assassin's Creed falls short of that. Well, they added the crouch in the new one, which actually did make in, me happier in Unity. Yeah, but they still, I don't think they've nailed their their rules for stealth because I think it's yeah, it's inconsistent. You, know, you make a stealth game. If in. you make a stealth game, it's inconsistent. You're you it's just you fucked up. Yeah, not because it's a bad game, but like. The number one thing is that stealth is just puzzles. Like, you're just navigating environments and, and rules that you can exploit. Uh-huh. But when the rules don't work, your exploits don't work, and all of a sudden you go from being the superpower guy to being the asshole that stumbled, and some guard was like, hey, and then you're dead. Like, mm-hmm. it's not, that's not fun. Yeah. I think games do have to be fun. Yeah. Not Which fun. Is, not fun. But, you know. But Assassin's Creed team just needs to walk down the hall and talk to the Splinter Cell Blacklist team. I know! And be like, hey guys, what are you working on? 
I love Blacklist. I think Blacklist is awesome. Did you I, play Blacklist? Mm-mm. I've never played a, ton, a uh, Splinter Cell game except I the first one. I love Splinter Cell. And then I got to the CIA building and I was like, I don't know what to do. Oh man, I, I love, I've played every Splinter Cell and I love the Blacklist. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I might pick it up. It's so good. I'm going to have money. Yeah. And time. Time is money. Friend. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been playing? Uh, Batman. I'm playing Arkham Knight. Yo, I heard, I heard it's not running well. Mars fine on my PC. Ran fine from day one. Um, I like Bat. I think Batman's really. I like Bat. I think there's a lot of design decisions that they made in Batman that are really, really sharp. That I think a lot of people have caught on to. Um, every time you select a quest, Batman or someone has a monologue, a really brief one, updating you on what they're doing, where the last thing they were, and then the next thing you need to do. I always like the Batman monologues in those games. And they're they're spot on, and I think that they... I love... There's a, there's a whole trope in the game where you're kind of losing your mind a little bit, I think, and the Joker pops up. I love mm-hmm. all that. I think it's a way to inject narrative. It's not as selected by player, like audio log, but it's like, we need exposition, we're not going to stop you from playing. Right. I think it's a sharp... I like that when you quit the game, it tells you the last time it auto-saved. Which is really smart. When you hit exit, okay. it says auto-save happened one minute ago. Okay. Which is a quality of life why, thing. Why is that not standardized? It, yeah. needs to be. it has to be now. Like, huge, like, I love quality of life improvements. I like things when it's like easier to navigate. Like, I, I like the inventory system in Destiny. I think that's like a really good execution of, of a, a paper doll UI on a controller. Okay. I think it's hard to do. I think Fallout can do it very well. Oh, wait, is it, is it like you select a. It's a mouse of, cursor. Part of, oh. It's oh. just a big circle, and okay. you scroll around, and you pick the armor you want, and the gun you want, and then when you mouse over, there's a pi- it's, they, they didn't reinvent the fucking wheel, they're just like, hey, it works, let's do this, and let's it's better than doing what Pokemon has done for the past, right, you know, oh god, the Pokemon you know, is a disaster, and it's, well, I'm just saying, every other game is like that, well, I'm saying, but like, you Fallout know, like uh, Fallout is like that, and like, I hope they look at things like the World of Warcraft inventory system, and they're like, well, this isn't terrible, and okay. Destiny's probably upgrade. Um, his like well, it's, the it's Witcher about- inventory has been just a nightmare. <laughs> have you downloaded that new patch yet? Has it come out yet? No, it came out today. Oh, well, okay. Or yesterday. I haven't. I I haven't. I haven't gone back to Witcher. I want to finish the Witcher. I bought the Ghostbusters game. I want to play that. The the Ghostbusters game from two thousand. The one that yeah the yeah, not the one that just came out. The Ecto one that one sucked. What they Was made some like one? car game. It was like a top down car like downloadable game. Isn't um, that just a reskinned version of that part of the NES game? Because is it just like a strip of road and then uh-uh. top down you drive the one? Me, me, I don't know. It wasn't great. The I have I want to finish Dying Light because I like Dying Light a lot. I just have never gotten back to it. Mm-hmm. I want to. What else do I have? Oh, I bought uh, Dirt Rally and I love it. I love it so much. Uh, it's like a rally sim. I think it's amazing. How many games have been in the Dirt series? There's Dirt, Dirt 2, Dirt 3, Dirt Showdown, and now Dirt Rally, I think. Are they all good? And they're all based out of the... I think the Colin McRae franchise, maybe? Who? A rally driver, I think, or a race car driver. Oh. I think they, they came out of that series. Wait, is Dirt, I love Dirt 2. But they drive, like, quad bikes, right? No, they think of, like, MX versus ATV. Oh. That's These are they. They started as like a kind of a rally. So rally racing is just a different kind of racing. 
It's not a lot of cars in the course or ever. There's not, there's not usually, it's usually stages and it's time trials. Mm-hmm. Um, and the challenge in rally driving is just navigating the course. Okay. So it's, so it's, so it's kind of like motocross. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, motocross is, they're side by side though. Oh, but you said this is a time trial? It's time trial. It's like, it's like doing, it's almost like 5Ks on the water. Okay. So, you know, there's just, you have a time and it's, it's a measure of skill of your engineering team and the car they build. Wait, it's cars? Yeah. It's like like a WRX. My car is a, That's rally, a rally car. car? Yeah. But these are like dirt. They're cars. like tricked out ones, but they're usually like little hatchbacks. I thought this was like motor bikes. No, no, no. no. I'll show you a little bit. It's cool. Um, so I have that. I put about 10 minutes in that. Okay. And then, have you gone back to Riot League since we <laughs> booted it? Oh, it has split screen apparently. Yeah, that, I, I knew because I looked at the Giant Bomb video. And, and I was, was like, like, wait, how is that? So we got to figure that out. And then, um, what else? I have, I bought, um, they had the two. Oh, there's a car on this box cover. I always yeah. thought it was a. They have the, <laughs> shit, the guys that made Stalker. Oh. Metro. I brought Metro Last Light. Oh, I was going to ask you if you liked the Metro series earlier. I love the Metro series, because I love Metro 23. I never played Last Light. Um, so that was like four bucks the other day, so I picked that up. I want to play that, but I only played like a 10 minutes. So, so what games have you played more than 10 minutes? Batman. Just Batman? Batman, and I like it a lot, I think. Are you uh, done with it? People like were shitting on the whole Arkham Knight thing because they figured it out, but I like that... Oh, I tell like, me who it is. I don't know who it is yet. I haven't figured it out. Oh, really? But I like... I like, the, I like that's a cool draw. I think it's a good mechanic like for a band. unknown? Because the cool thing about Batman is that, like, you like playing Batman because you know everyone. What if... What if it's Oracle? Uh, it can't be Oracle. Um, like, he's just paralyzed? Yeah. What if it's robotic limbs? No, you'll... When... You'll, you'll see. You'll okay. see, mister. In, in a year, when I'm buying. Yeah, but I think it's cool because it, Batman's playing so much on borrowed interest of its own series that it's nice to have an unknown. Mm-hmm. You know... And it's hard to introduce characters in a Batman. Everyone's all like, Bruh! you know, because everyone's got a fucking opinion on you. Oh. But, um... <laughs> I thought you meant everyone in Batman was like, <laughs> No. I was like, okay. I mean, um, that's a weird... But, uh... Call. They... It's fun, and I like I like all the, the additions. And like everyone else says, it's the best at what it does. It's just, it's a good... I love its stealth system. I love its... The combat is his best in class. You know, I think it's just, it's. Oh, I love the stun hits. Yeah. That's why it's just like. <laughs> oh, and it's even better now because you, when they're stunned, you can uh, hit R and B, and you'll pick them up and then go straight into that. You know, when they're on the ground, you can uh-huh. do a takedown. Oh. Now you can just pick them up by the neck just start- and just start beating the shit out of them. And do the stun takedown. It's good, and it's it's uh. Well, it's good in Shadow Mordor too, because the head just explodes if you oh, finish it. And Shadow Mordor lets you like you can get hit, and your combo will maintain. Yes, it's the best skill, that's the best upgrade. Because you you get to a point in Shadow Mordor where you're just you just. Slurring. I had a skill where I could uh, batch fucking uh, summon people or batch. Oh, um, brand them, brand them, you know, and then um, I was just like, well, all right, you're was all. Was that mine. a rune? I don't remember what it was, okay. but I'm like, you're all mine now. <laughs> so go kill each other. And, um, so, that, uh, and I like, I like the Battlefield. I watched the Battlefield. I like the Battlefield. So. I think it's fun. I think the Battlefield feels really good to drive. I think that all the ways they integrate it, I think it's a little heavy-handed initially, mm-hmm. but, like, where I'm at in the game, like, the Battlefield comes in. I mean, it's dumb. 
it's a fucking tank, and you just, just like it's it's terrible. You're murdering everyone. Batman just on a fucking acid trip if he thinks that this is a terrible idea. Like one time I was fighting. Oh my god! And I get out of the car. So I walk up to the guy because like uh, sometimes I put the, the detective vision on, uh-huh. and you can hear the voices. So I'm like, I'm gonna go get the guys talking. So I go down to get him, and I'm sitting over a curb. And <laughs> I call the Batmobile remotely, and it just drives in and just decks the shit out of him. Like he flies like forty feet, and I'm like Tim Harrison, and I'm like, oh my god, because <laughs> I'm like. There's no way that every bone in that guy's body isn't dead. He's just bleeding out. And, like, it has, like, the 50 beats per minute. And, like, in my head, I'm like, Batman's like, ah, oh, yes. <laughs> shallow Technically alive. Shallow breathing, but still alive. It's just a hospital ward dedicated to him. It's just the Batman vegetative ward. Yeah. Which people are technically alive. Or Batman, like, invincibly, like, resuscitate people. You know? Just to... But, yeah. So that's Batman. Um... What's your favorite iteration of the Batmobile? Like, visually. I like the Arkham Knight one. It's good. We talked about it the other day. The, uh... I like a Tumblr. Mm-hmm. I like the ones that look more, like, militarized. Do you like the... I like the Dark Knight Returns one. Where it's just a fucking tank. It's like, oh, yeah, literally, yeah, yeah. it's yeah, like all treads. Yeah. And then he just makes out a quirk. It's like, oh, Jason used to call it Batmobile. It's like, this is the fucking Batmobile. <laughs> The, um, this is your fucking like Metal Gear when you Metal Gear Metal Gear I like uh yeah I, I don't think I, I don't like the long the swoopy oh, one I really like that I know I had a toy with that when I was a kid I just thought I just think that's so needless and I don't know it's just super art deco it made sense for the Batman not the new dark gritty like the dark gritty Batman can't drive that but the, sure. the Batman that has a bat dance you drive that. Do you like Adam West Batmobile? Yes. The one with the red yes. accents. The little, the little windshields. Yeah. I like that. That one. was an actual car. Yeah. That was a like a cool Ford concept car thing. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'm looking at the Tim Burton 1989 one because apparently they're bringing that one to the game. I forgot what it looked like, but it looks a lot like the animated series one. That's the one I had as a kid. Oh. Oh. I mean, you didn't have the animated series one. Right, what's the animated series one? It basically looks like that, but it's a lot less shit on it. I thought it had like the weird, like kind of like rounded nose. Yeah, it looked like a big cruise ship if you're looking at a cruise ship straight on. Yeah. Um. But I, I think, I mean, I love this one because it looks like a car. Like oh, so this is the it's the long one that has the grill on the top. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I had to wear that one too. Yeah, I really like this one. I mean, it's that one's not obnoxious. It just makes no sense. No, it doesn't. Unless like all it's the weapons a hot in rod, here. dude. It's when hot rods also were like kind of the shit. I like, but like the only bat accent are just these fucking tail um, fenders. I hate the bat ears. Let alone the fucking the ears. Like I hate his ears on his head. On the cow. Yeah. In the game? On any Batman. I've what, about the, what about the... What about Batfleck? The Batfleck? I like those. They're kind of cool. But they're just like little devil horns. Yeah, it's like... Bat- yeah. I mean, it looks better it's than like Daredevil. Daredevil. Uh, Daredevil. The only... What's your favorite superhero costume, then? I like Batman. Batman's my favorite superhero. I like World War II Captain America. Really? <laughs> That's just a army uniform painted with... The Star Spangled Man. And I like the ones that have like the paint. It, it looks like he shittily painted it blue, and it's all chipped off. Like the shield. And the shield. Yeah. I love that. 
And I love when he has like the old school shield. I mean, I like the round shield too. I'm also partial to Captain America. I like Wolverine, like old Wolverine with the yellow oh, and blue, oh, the trashy fucking like. Bum. I'm looking like a gay club guy, like you know. Um, <laughs> Welcome to Godfrey's. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Would you like a drink? Um. Uh. What else? I like Gambit. Gambit's kind of cool. Mm, yeah, I like Gambit. I, I like Gambit his, a lot more when I was younger. I, I like his pink accents, though. I don't understand, like, the thing around his head. Just fucking control all the energy he's got coming out of his body. Mm, I like... I really like, um... The Arkham Universe's version of Robin. I think that's the closest thing you can come to a, like, realistic Robin. That doesn't look stupid. Uh, I think that Nightwing is actually the attempt at that. To make Robin not look stupid. Even though it's not Robin, you know? Right. Well, it's for, it's Tim Drake. I know that. But, um... So, Robin in that universe is Dick, right? Dick Grayson? Yes. Sorry. I think it's Robin is a dick. And I'm like, oh, I mean, he seems nice. Right? I don't know. But it's funny, because that costume is like, dude, this doesn't... This doesn't conceal your identity. You know that, right? Like, it's just like... Uh, itty bitty, it's like this conceit in The Incredibles. It's like, yeah, putting I, this thing on does not hide anything. You're still Bob Barker. Um, Parker. Bob, Bob Barker. Is it Bob? Yeah, it's Bob. Price is right. Bam. Well, the conceit in The Incredibles is that they changed their last name when they did. Mm-hmm. They went to Protective Services. Um, and this is like the fourth time they've changed their last name because mm-hmm. he won't stop fucking up. The I like the Daredevil costume before he gets the, the the new one in the show. The only problem I have with the new Daredevil costume is the horns. No, no, no. I like the, when he had just the... the no, I know. Thing. But I'm saying, like, the new one's fine. Just the horns. Just away. the horns, just... I just thought the fucking... The bandana was so cool. Yeah. It just looked... And that's from a Frank Miller comic, right? Yeah. yeah. It just looked grounded, and it looked... It just looked like a vigilante would wear. Yeah. And a guy that's like, I want to have a presence. And people are going to remember this thing. It's cool. Um, I will. I'll probably get used to it. The Iron Fist, that's a costume. <laughs> I don't know. I like a lot of the Suicide Squad costumes. Like the movie. Interpretations of those. How do you feel about Boomerang? Oh, that is cool. Right. Big trench coat. I like big... Why are they giving everyone, like, metal braces? That's my only problem. It's like, he has, like, a bunch of, like, metal caps. Boomerang. Oh, I think he made metal bracelets. No. Because the bracelets blow up when they fuck up. That's the whole conceit. Oh, they have those in... Yeah, they're supposed to be. They all they're gonna have them in the movie. I guess. That's like a big thing in the. In the no, I know because the only thing I know about Suicide Squad or Task Force, Task Force X mm-hmm. is from that one episode about them from uh, Justice League Unlimited. Which, if you ever try to go back and rewatch Justice League Unlimited or Batman the Animated Series, don't. Really? Because it does not hold up. Really. Which is a huge shame. Yeah, I watched it a lot growing up. Uh, there's the... Wait, even, like, the one with, like, the Flash, like, the newer one? Wait, which Justice League are we talking about? The one's, Unlimited. like... Well, uh, it's all of them. When it's, like, the question... It doesn't, it doesn't hold up? I mean... I, there was I, I watched also that the Justice Flash. League where it's, like, back at the Justice League! Oh, the Super Friends? Yeah, Super Friends. Um, Super Friend holds up because it's just so stupid. It's awesome. Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it fucking had wait, like there was a point it had like who were the teenagers that were just in it? It was just like it was just Rick. It was just like Shaggy from Scooby Doo at one point with a cape on. Oh, you know what was dope was the Clone Wars animated series. 
Oh, so good. I watched a little bit of the Rebels. Uh, I've heard it's pretty good. Yeah. But I love the animated Clone Wars that look like the Samurai Jack art style. Yeah. That was just fantastic. And it was really dark. Yeah. Like when Mace Windu just like... That's why General Grievous can't breathe. Yeah, he crushed his... He fucking crushed his chest. And it was like a weird like throwaway like 10 second thing. And just yeah. like, oh! And I'm like, wait. That's a big he's character that fragile? <laughs> but... To the Force. Whatever. There's the part where... Anakin's, I guess Mace Windu is a master. And Anakin Skywalker killed that one Sith. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was alright. And uh, there's one where Obi-Wan's like leading a clone squad and there's no dialogue for like five minutes. Oh, they're going through like that city? I love that one. That was pretty cool. That was like the first time I watched something growing up where I was like, this is cooler than everything I've seen before it because they're doing so much in a way that's not traditional like cartoon action stuff. Like uh-huh. they're... They, they were clearly inspired by, like, you know... Band of Brothers or stuff like that. Right, like, you know, some militarized thing, and they're applying it to this universe in a way that I was, like... And I've been thinking about it forever. Like, like this is cool. Mm-hmm. This is cool because it's, it's taking these things that I enjoy and tactics, you know, and, like... Yeah, well, you can see that a lot with, like, the Arkham series because, like, it takes animated series and just kind of... Oh, I think brings it up right. to a higher higher level. And I think them going with the M rating this time too is a pretty cool thing to do. Even though it's not it just it's not like embellishing its M rating, it's just it's just the sh- Gotham sucks. And like the Gotham in Arkham Knight sucks. Like, Why does it always suck? How long has been Batman at this? Can it suck less now? I don't know. I'm super curious about how they're treating the Batman super like how old is Batman? In, in the new one? Yeah. I think like, he's supposed to be older. He's training. I know he's supposed to be older, but like how old? Like. 28. Like how long has he been Batman? Or how long has he not been Batman? Like or do how you long, think he retired? How long has Gotham been like. Fallen down? Or okay. Hmm. You know? And then Superman just flies through. I like and, the idea of him having to come out of retirement. Also, it makes sense because he's in a world where Batman retires. If they ever have to like move on from Batman uh-huh. in any way in like a Justice League series, they could easily or gracefully and have you know, someone else. Because uh, Captain America is in this big dilemma where like, what do they do if he doesn't want to be Captain America? Talking about the actor, talking mm-hmm. about Chris Evans. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought because don't they have that out in the comics? Because then Falcon take over. He does, and so does the Winter Soldier. Yeah, there you go. I mean, I'm saying that they have the out Winter there. Soldier subtitle Captain America. <laughs> I love that movie. Well, it's probably a uh, podcast. Where we at? 141. And a bottle of what we call El Capitan. Well, we will be back in a week. Okay. User verse.